Okay. Hello again, everybody. So I'm here again with Alyssa. Hi. And yeah. So we talked last time about the King of Staten Island. Yeah. And I invited her again because we both had, I think, been pretty strongly anticipating this movie Antebellum. This like sort of it, it's it's been promoted as like this kind of in the Jordan Peele vein of horror films. Uh, and it's starring Janelle Monet, who's like she's she's in a lot of good stuff, like across the board. Oh, definitely. She does mm -hmm. music, film, every television, everything. She's 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 really out there doing good work. Uh, and yeah, so I asked her if she wanted to do this uh, review with me, and she agreed. So I was very excited to talk about this film with her. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, antebellum. <laughs> Let's get into it. Okay, so, first off, most yeah. people have probably seen the Rotten Tomato score. So Sure. It's pretty low, right? It's what, forties or something? Oh, I think it's dropped down to like twenty-eight. Okay. Yeah. That's probably too low. For to sure. me it is, yeah. Yeah. I mean I could see so like I just did a review with uh, my friend Lucian and we talked about this film the devil all the time that also had a pretty mixed critical response yeah i love that though yeah i liked it a lot too he he didn't like it um he just i felt like the reason why it was like the themes didn't connect with him true and i felt like that was a very theme-based movie but that also like the critical consensus it was like around 50 or 60 percent i think was generally like where the score was at for that movie and i feel like this is another movie where you can I, I can see people having mixed opinions of it for a number of reasons for sure oh, definitely um but yeah i don't think it's like 20 percent bad like that's that's like you bowl film or something you know some oh, absolute. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like like how low is like blood rain that's what i want to know in comparison to this <laughs> i don't know i'm i'm gonna look it up after this because i'm yeah. curious now yeah 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 if blood if something like blood rain is higher than this like okay come on rotten tomatoes <laughs> you're 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 high right now rotten tomatoes <laughs> critics are i think the audience reception's about 60 percent or so yeah that's that's that sounds about right to me like 50 60 is where i would think people would rate this honestly if you're just yeah. taking an honest opinion. Um, yeah, so you, as people, you know, anyone who's sort of seen any of the advertising or anything for this film, like there's a lot of mystery around it, right? But like yeah. the way the film opens, they're on a plantation. It's the 1860s. It's like the Confederacy or something. They're somewhere in the South. And it's really cool, like long sort of steady cam shot through this plantation. And we see like, um, you know, it's, it's like a cotton plantation. There's a lot of people that are there that are enslaved. There's a lot of like the sort of, there's some military people there, like Confederate military people. We see them raise like the Confederate flag. Um, we see Jenna Malone's character, Eliz Elizabeth, and like her, I don't know if that's her daughter, but it's this little creepy girl. <laughs> yeah, I think it was her daughter. I'm not totally sure, she is creepy. Yeah, because like I think I feel like in the in the credits, she's literally basically just creepy girl. Like <laughs> creepy girl. Yeah, it's it's like little blonde girl. It's like, okay. <laughs> so yeah, there's a cinematic sort of steady cam shot, and then there's a woman who's trying to run away. And there's this other man who's like sort of trying to, I don't know, protect her. And the woman's like basically a slave. She's she's a black woman, and mm -hmm. she gets captured 
like they kind of lasso her around her neck and then they they shoot her and she dies. And yeah, that that's it's, opening. It's a little brutal. Yeah, there's there's a fair amount of brutality. I mean, it's it's you know going into it, we sort of expect that this is a a you know South slavery movie, right? Yeah, it's going to revolve around movie. racism. Yeah, yeah. So we're yeah, that's what we're in for basically with the film. And yeah, they give it to us right up front. That's like the horror element of this film, pretty much. Is this like the horrors of slavery and what people had to go through? Yeah people were capable of doing to other people yeah and it's pretty harrowing and then we kind of they don't they linger on it they don't really show us exactly until later they kind of um pay do a payoff later on but they they put this woman in what do they call it this uh it's like a box or something i forget what they called it uh it's called the burning shed yeah the burning shed i was, gonna, I was thinking incinerator but i'm like Ugh. Yeah, the burning shed, and this this uh, the burning shed is like a really big sort of visual motif of the film, a lot, um, and there's a lot of really really powerful shots with the burning shed. Um, yeah, and so yeah, this person gets taken away. We see a picture shot of the burning shed, and then we see uh, Edith for the first time, who's Janelle Monae, and there's this guy who's like torturing her, and she's like, "Say say your name, girl." And she won't, and so he starts beating on her, uh, and then he brands her. And the brand has it's like it's like A slash B. I think it's DB. DB. Okay, DB. Yeah, yeah, DB with like a little circle around it. Um, and then he says, "If you try to escape again, I'll take you to the burning shed myself." So yeah, and then she says her name's Edith, and then it's like then we get the title card six weeks later. So that's the opening of this film. Yeah, it just like slams you like right from the beginning. Brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Like really like harrowing stuff. Um, and, you know, again, with the mystery of this film, like at this point, we we think this is a, this is a movie about this time during slavery. And later on, we kind of at least, you know, we'll, we'll talk a lot about like our theories about what what the film was about, like what uh, how 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 the situation is playing out, like. Um, I know that there was some advertising where you could sort of see like an airplane or something flying over them while they were picking yeah. cotton. And so the, the film kind of presents this thing like, well, what's this about? Like, what's is, you know, what, like what's going on, right? Like, how is this happening in, in a present sort of time scenario? Um, so yeah, like there, there, there's definitely a mystery to the film that we, we don't know at first. So, so then, uh, yeah, six weeks later, they're they're out there picking cotton and then some new people arrive and um the main person that we see is this this woman julia which actually she is named by the creepy blonde girl because jenna's character says what do you want to name her she's like i think she's a julia yeah that's that is so messed up so like the little creepy girl like basically names all the slaves right yeah Yeah, <laughs> really, really creepy. Um, and then, so the, the, then this guy, it's like uh, he's played by um, Jack Houston, uh, Captain Jasper. He like gives this long speech, like, "Oh, this is a, a reformer plantation. You know, you can't speak unless we tell you to speak." Blah blah blah. And basically, they're it, it's it's horrible, right? It's yeah, freaking horrible. Yeah. So okay, so now 
comes like the first sort of, I think, interesting point of the film that's kind of cluing us into what's going on. So Julia uh, sort of Eve kind of takes Julia in, tries to sort of help her out. Um, and Julia starts talking and she has a very like American accent, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she basically is talking to Edith and she's like, I know you're the leader. I know you can get me out of this. So you're like, what's going on? How does she know? Yeah. Yeah. And so from that, you got to think like, uh, well, I'm pretty sure people didn't sound like that in the 1860s. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're like, okay, maybe this isn't the 1860s, but if it's not like what's going on, you know? Um, so yeah, what, what was after that? Like what, what came into your mind? What kind of theories did you think about at that point? About I started what, what thinking the... maybe it was time travel, something along those lines. Yeah, that's that. I, I felt for sure like, yeah, like it was like time travel, like you time travel people from like some some crazy evil racist person like has a time machine and they're taking people back to the south or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that seemed like a scenario, um, but it definitely makes you think like these people are not from this time, but they're being taken there and but they are stuck and that's horrific no matter what and there's also this guy there that is the i'm assuming was the husband of the woman that was put in the burning shed and he knows yes. edith and he's telling her let me know when you want to go and we'll go so he knows something's up too yes yeah um i think his name was like it was eli, eli. Mm -hmm. yeah eli so the two of them are like plotting they're plotting to leave and that thing at the beginning happened like the other woman got killed because uh edith and her and the others basically tried to get away but they failed and so they failed and then this other woman who's probably like eli's wife got you know shot and killed um so they they're constantly trying to to escape and they have some kind of connection with each other so yeah um and so yeah so then yeah julia's like basically telling her like hey you need to help me get out of here and you know sort of edith is saying we can't we can't do it right now we don't have time um and julia tells her that she's pregnant and then just like she just gets really mad and she's like you ain't no leader you're just you're just a talker and then they kind of she walks out and it's it's not it's very bleak it is and then they have this dinner later and there are confederate soldiers there and all the slaves are told if the Confederate soldiers tell you to do something, you do it. Don't ask questions. Don't speak unless spoken to. And one kind of centers in on Julia and yeah. she's told, go to, go to this guy's cabin. Don't do anything else. And I don't know if you want to mention what happens, but. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> as you can guess, something really bad happens to her. Yeah. Like she gets kind of beat up or whatever. Um, because yeah, I mean, it, the guy ahead. acted very nice to her at the dinner and she's like, thank you for being so sweet. And he instantly goes, why are you talking to me? I didn't tell you to talk to me. Yeah. And then he just starts yeah, beating on her and, and, um, Edith is in the other room so she can hear it all. And it's, it's really, really horrific. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, you know, this is, this is what it is. It's, it's really, really rough stuff. <laughs> really scary stuff. It is. Um, and so then the next day, Julia and the others, they're working in the field. And you and can tell she, Julia is sick or something. She's sweating. She's hunched over. 
and she goes to Edith and Edith tells her just just work just do it and then that's when something else happens that's not great yeah she um she has a miscarriage basically yeah, yeah. because she's and, kicked in the stomach mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and yeah that's just yeah it's right like this is this is some <laughs> heavy stuff <laughs> It's it's really like uh, pretty brutal. Like this film goes there pretty pretty uh, pretty hardcore. Um, but yeah, I mean, like realistically, this is not. I mean, this is this is like what what it is in a, in a lot of ways. Like this is what slavery was was like. What it was about. It was and even uh, Jack Houston's character, when he finds out that she's miscarrying, he just tells Edith, "Go take her to the cabin, clean her up, bring her back." Doesn't care about her health, her safety. He just wants her cleaned up, back to work. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Um, and you know, a part of this was like, like Eli sort of did this distraction mm -hmm. uh, to give Julia more time. He like calls the guy a cracker as he like walks by, yeah. and, which is really funny. And then like, um, so like Eli is super rebellious, right? Which is like really interesting. Like he's he's like. F you guys, right? <laughs> it's like F the man. <laughs> but as punishment, they send him to the burning shed, and that's where he finds the cross of whoever this person was, maybe his wife, something like that. Mm -hmm. And at that point, he knows she was burned to death in that shed. Yeah. It basically incinerated. Yeah, like you were saying, like, wow, really, really powerful stuff. That was a really emotional moment. Um, okay, so then, then the film, so, so then there's a scene with, uh, Edith and this other guy who's, like, the general or something. He's, like, the, the father, so he's the overseer of the entire plantation. Yeah, and then, so then something happens, and then we kind of get clued into, like, what's really going on. So, we'll get to that, so, like, mm -hmm. um, yeah, because that's, that's when we'll get into more spoilers. So, um... And so at this point, like when what happened happened, so like when whatever happened with the uh, in the, at the end of that scene. So what what were your theories? Did your theories change at this point, or did you still feel sort of in a similar vein about what the mystery of the film was going to be about? I still thought maybe it could be time travel, but I was also like, I don't know now. I really don't. I thought maybe it could be kind of like a past life situation where they're just thinking it's. Yeah. I didn't really know mm -hmm. at that point. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah i think i think for me there was some so in that scene with the um like the dinner they talk about some stuff and it it, it just kept, kind of gave me this alternate history kind of vibe it seemed like they like the confederates were doing better in the war than mm -hmm. in like reality so yeah something gave me this kind of like yeah sort of time travel but also we're on an alternate timeline like something worse pretty much um, and the other thing too, I just got this sense that maybe it was like, it was some kind of like mental thing, like someone's trapped in a mental state where they're forced to be in this type of world. That that's was a good, that's a good theory. Yeah. Those are the things that came to my mind at this point. Um, but yeah, but then, so then the film, okay. So now we're going to talk about spoilers. We're going to get more into what the film's actually about. So if you, anyone just watching or listening, if you don't want to get spoiled, you know, you can come to the end of the video and we'll talk about our final thoughts. Uh, but yeah, we're going to get into spoilers now. So in that scene with the dad, she hears a cell phone ring mm -hmm. and then we see her wake up. But she's in a completely different place. Yeah. 
her another guy beside her, which is her husband, and it's present day. Yeah, present day, and she's like, you know, it, it, she's like a totally different, totally different person. She's we learned she her name's Veronica. She's a PhD psychologist. She just wrote a book that's been a bestseller. Yeah, she's like a big kind of. She gets media appearances, and she's about to go to some really big um, sort of, I guess, speaking convention, kind of like the, yeah. I forget what the, but it's like the talk circuit or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's like, <laughs> this is this is a curveball, right? <laughs> yeah. Because now, yeah, it's like, what, are they, are they the same person? Like you said, is this a past life thing? Is this, what's, you know... <laughs> And also, I noticed that when she woke up, she complained about her back aching, and she touched where the brand was was in the previous situation, but there's no brand on her there. Yeah, yeah, they really kind of throw stuff at you, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, and then so then when when also when she wakes up, her husband said, "Oh, another bad dream." Um, so it's almost like you know, yeah, we we would think she's like dream. Maybe she's having these weird. Not nightmares, but like dreams about a past life or something. Or maybe she's, you know, time traveling in her sleep or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we, we think like these are the same person, but it's like, how are these things? What What's the connection? Oh, yeah. um, but so then uh, Victoria gets a call um, and it's from Elizabeth, uh, a.k.a. So the um, Jenna Malone character. And yeah, the Jen Malone character is creepy, <laughs> like from the jump. Oh yeah, she's she's like, oh, that lipstick suits your skin tone so perfectly. Do you think it'd work on me? And then she sees her daughter come in. She's like, is that Kennedy? And this woman has never talked to Veronica before. How does she know her daughter's name? Yeah, it's really it's yeah, it's really creepy. Um, but you know, like uh, Veronica kind of doesn't pay attention to it. She just kind of hangs up the phone on her. And, and there's this interesting part where like um, uh, Veronica's like, oh, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a headhunter or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so so but now, you know, we we're we're seeing we're seeing more sort of dots connected. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so we know that the Jenna Malone character is so there's all these similar things. Right. I mean, again, we can still kind of make the interpretation Maybe it's like a past life. Like, yeah, in the past life, the Jenna Malone character was the overseer and um, Janelle Monet was the, the slave and seeing that juxtaposition. But now in our time, you know, Veronica, she's like the Janelle Monet character is like, you know, super successful PhD, smart person. Yeah, she's wealthy. She wears yeah. beautiful clothes. She's got a daughter and a husband, a gorgeous house. I mean, she's doing really well for herself. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very interesting, right? <laughs> it's yeah. like what, what, what do we, what do we think at this point? Um, did, so did this change your ideas about the film, or were you still sort of? I was still wondering. I was like, what's mm -hmm. going on? Like now they're in the present day. It's a different. She's Veronica's a different person. She's not Edith anymore. So I'm like, what's yeah. going on? And then when I saw Jen Malone's character, I'm like, wait, she was in the past. She was mm -hmm. in the the past part, and I'm like. How does she know about Veronica now? So I just, I was like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was a little confusing. Well, I, you could tell they were still not totally revealing everything, right? Yeah. 
Um, so now Veronica, she's going to this conference. She has to leave her husband and daughter at home. She goes off. She does all this stuff. Then we get a lot of these scenes where there's like different. Um, she's basically going through different microaggressions. <laughs> she like they, there's one scene where she's trying to set up a reservation for dinner at a really fancy restaurant. And the, the person at the front desk is like being, you know, crappy to her for whatever yeah, reason. Do it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then there's a scene where they go. So here's the thing. So, okay. So then we get introduced to this, this character, Don, who's Gabrae play, played by Gabrae Sidibe, who is known for, she played the lead in the film Precious. Uh, okay. So what, what did you think about this character? <laughs> She's just very, very flamboyant, outspoken. She just kind of steamrolls through everything. Yeah. Yeah, she has, she is a very strong personality, this character. Like, wow. <laughs> she's like the number one relationship expert in the country, I think they said. So yeah. she's like mm-hmm. giving advice to everybody about how they should be dating. Yeah, yeah. And that comes up later, right? Mm-hmm. Like we see her. She There's this big scene at the dinner uh, where she like gives advice to this guy who's trying to hit on her. which was was really interesting um but yeah at the dinner they get there's more weird microaggressions they try to seat them at the worst table and the character don is like no this isn't okay and just like (laughs) just like kind of takes over she's (laughs) like no 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 this ain't gonna happen we're we're sitting here (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah and thank you (laughs) i i really thought that was funny um Okay, so then, so during the dinner, like, Veronica's like, oh, I got to get home. I got to get back. Because the two, like, it was, there was two other, it was Dawn and this other girl. I forget her name. I actually cannot remember her name. I don't even know if it was revealed, if they ever said her name in the movie. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Um, But yeah, so it it was the three of them at dinner. And so uh, the two of them, so Dawn and this other girl, they were going to go out partying. Mm -hmm. But Veronica was going to try and take a flight back home quickly so she was she wasn't gonna go with them so she uh veronica gets into an uber and the other two they get into another uber mm-hmm. and then veronica gets like a call from the driver and the 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 uber driver's like hey like i'm waiting for you where are you and veronica's like oh i'm already in the car what are you talking about and then the driver of the car she's in is jenna malone and she, yeah she gets uh, kidnapped and then it was Jack Houston in the back seat, right? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, like he's trying to like knock her out. She looks out the window and sees David Benton up for re-election. And then I caught the DB. I'm like, yes. that was what was branded on her back was those initials. So yeah. like, something's got to be going on with David Benton. Yes, yeah, David, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's like a senator. I think, uh, yeah, basically. he was the yeah. senator. yeah. And um, one other thing I noticed, she got a flower delivery to her room earlier, and she's like, oh, who's this from? And the guy wouldn't say. She looks at the note, it says, looking forward to your homecoming, and that's all it says. Yeah. So then you're like, wait, are they, is it from Jim Malone's character saying she's going to go back to the plantation, maybe? I was like, what's going on there? Yeah, that was interesting. And there was another part, too, where um, Veronica's in the in the elevator with the creepy little girl. And she's like, don't speak, you'll get in trouble. Yeah. And then she's dragging along a doll on a leash. Oh, yeah. So creepy. So creepy. Oh, my God. (laughs) 
<laughs> the creepy the creepy level of this film is very high, right? It's not so much scary as it's just kind of creepy and then there's the acts of brutality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now this is the, I think this is what kind of turns a lot of people off to this film. Mm-hmm. I think Th- this, this so the premise is basically like the village, right? I don't know if you've seen that movie. I have, yes. This, yeah. Like the village the premise was people they went off somewhere and then they recreated this like 1800s civilization. Uh this is like the same thing, right? Like mm-hmm. they they're recreating this 18th but the 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 premise is like kind of they're doing it to reenact slavery. Uh, and so I could totally see how, you know, of all the theories, I could see how that one, if be, that it being that being the case, where people could be like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's like people pay to go and see this, like just go to this park and see this recreated. Yeah, exactly. And I can see how the suspension of disbelief can be kind of difficult with that because you, you know, generally people are going to be like, there's no way, no way that this could happen. I think people would think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that they they sort of they sort of set it up in a way that's a bit more realistic once we get to, I guess, the final fait accompli of like what what the hell is actually going on here. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think, yeah, I just think that trying to do this type of a plot twist in a way could kind of turn some people off. I don't know. What did you think? I really liked that they did it that way because they start the film off with them at the plantation and then they go back to present day and then it's revealed that the whole thing is set up in the present day. And it doesn't really say that they're at a park or anything until near the end of the movie, but you do know something's going on because the overseer, the father goes outside and answers his cell phone at 3 a.m., and Janelle Monet's character is like, okay, he's got a cell phone. And just things unfurl from there with Eli and them escaping. Yeah, that was a really interesting scene. Cause he, so he picks up the phone, he's talking to someone and then he gets really mad and he like, right. His, like his, his accent slips mm-hmm. and he kind of goes back to the normal American accent. And yeah. yeah, then it's, yeah, it's like, you know, this, this whole thing is, it's a weird fake charade. Uh, and yeah, at that point, um, you know, Veronica is like, okay, now is the time to do it. And so throughout the film, there's been these interesting like scenes where Veronica was like, she's like doing this weird stuff where she's stepping on the uh, like like on the floorboards, trying not we're doing something. We don't know why. We're not really sure. Uh, she was trying not to step on squeaky floorboards so yeah. she wouldn't be heard. Yeah, yeah. So she's, this was, and then we see why. This is like part of her plot, basically. Um, yeah, but so just to cover one other thing real quick. So like there's there's another point where they're all working, right? Mm-hmm. And this is what really gets uh, Veronica to want to do the escape plan immediately. Um, and the captain is like, where's, where's, uh, where's Julia? Where is she? And Edith, uh, or Veronica goes to, where basically goes to her chambers and they finds that uh, Julia hung herself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was just too much for her to take. And that's the moment where she's like, okay, I'm done with this. Also, I I'm wanted gonna... to ask, did you notice that there was a recurring theme of a butterfly being shown? Oh, I don't think I saw that. There's a butterfly on a Veronica's laptop screen. Her book cover had a butterfly on it. And then Julia had a butterfly tattoo on her ankle. Oh, Wow. Okay, and I didn't catch Veronica's that book was about um, unshackling your past from your present. Mm. 
So I don't yeah. know if Julia was a fan of Veronica's book and she got the tattoo because she's a fan. Yeah. May yeah, maybe there's some connection. Like she kind of knew who she was, which would make that the whole thing even more powerful for her. And that also get gives you another clue that it's in the present day because people didn't have tattoos like that back then. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a good catch for sure. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of good stuff planted in here, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, definitely good film to rewatch. So, um, at, yeah, this point Veronica's like, okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna escape. So then she does this really cool kind of gymnastic yoga. Like there were some other scenes we saw her doing yoga. Mm -hmm. So she uses all those skills to 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 like once the the general guy or the the headmaster of the plantation is asleep, she escapes without him hearing. Uh, and then she meets with Eli and who she calls professor. Yeah. She calls him professor. So, so this I'm guy assuming is he must, yeah, must be a very prestigious professor <laughs> and all these people are getting kidnapped. Yeah. It's yeah. It's, it's super, like, it's so fucked up. <laughs> this thing is so messed up. It so, is. so Veronica, yeah. Veronica and the professor, they get the phone. Veronica tries to dial 911 and the call just disconnects. Uh, and they, they're under a time stress, right? Like there are people roaming around. They don't have, they don't really have much time. And, um, she, you know, she says, uh, that they need the general's face to unlock his phone. So the two of them go in there and they try to get him. And then there's a huge fight breaks out. The general, he like wakes up and he's, they're fighting with him. Uh, the professor dies, but Veronica, he's, is able to kill the professor and unlock the phone. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And that was a pretty... You know, there's a lot to feel about that scene, right? Just seeing this yeah. guy die, the professor dies, like really kind of sad, especially now that we know, you know, because at that point we kind of feel like, okay, this is another like person like her pretty much, right? Yeah. And that person we saw in the, um, in the burning shed was probably like his wife. And so it's just like, you know, it's just horror on top of horror. <laughs> um, so yeah, so then Veronica calls her husband and she's able to relay her um location to him um and yeah and then she like takes the general's body and she puts him in the burning shed and then the the captain comes like what the hell are you doing and then she like tricks him right yeah and someone else also comes with him she's like he he's hurt he's hurt come come he's in the shed so they yeah. follow she locks them in and then sets it on fire yeah, that was a great scene. And then she walks away with like a torch. Yeah, and you see the burning shed just like in flames. It's yeah. she's silhouetted against it. Yeah, and uh, and there's like a full moon in the background. It's a really beautiful shot. Like that's probably it one is. of the best shots of the film. Uh, and then Veronica gets on a horse and she's she's getting the hell out of there. And that's when you see the sign that says reenactment park. And there's people yeah. out there. Their cars are parked. They're like, what is happening? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so yeah, it, what it turns out, it, and again, this is another sort of how this relates to a film like The Village, because The Village, it, it was almost like the same thing. It was like some park, and they'd taken it over, and they built their little thing, but it was pre preserved, so people didn't mess with it. So it was, yeah, it was ant antebellum. It was a Louisiana Civil War reenactment, mm -hmm. and Blake Denton was the owner. And I, I'm pretty sure he was the senator guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, and... and and his, um, yeah, and then we see that symbol, their symbol, their, like, um, the plantation symbol on that sign. Uh, the one that they had branded Veronica with. Yeah. 
and there's even a scene uh, where there's another scene where we see Elizabeth like in the sort of the middle of the film, and she has this little this little button. Yeah, the pin. Yeah, it had the same brand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we see the full picture, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And one thing we should talk about too. So another one of the most satisfying parts of the film is like so Elizabeth is giving chase to uh, Veronica, and they get into a fight, and then Veronica just beats the shit out of her, right? Yes. <laughs> and then on top of that, she basically does what happened to the to the girl at the beginning of the film, hangs a noose around her neck and pulls her on the horse, and then she hits her head on the statue, which is a statue of Robert E. Lee. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was, okay. it was a Robert E. Lee statue. Yeah. Um, and then, like, we get this really beautiful, like, last shot of the film, or last sequence, I should say. It's, like, her in slow motion, Veronica on this mm-hmm. horse, She's wearing sort of like a like a union kind of jacket and she's got like a gun or something and she's just like charging and there's all these reenactors are there and they're like there's firing cannons and stuff and she's running and she's on the horse she's on the horse and then they keep going and we see the sign and then we see her exit and we see the police coming uh, and that's the film um, very cinematic way to end the film for sure I'd also say stay for some of the credits. Because they do have some, a scene or two after the credits. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, they, <laughs> totally show, well, they just showed the FBI, the FBI raiding the park after everything has happened. And then they show Veronica sitting in an ambulance. And that's it. I mean, it's not that much, but... Okay. The good guys win. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, and so, yeah, put, piecing this all together, right? So Blake Denton was this guy who created this park. Uh, Elizabeth was his daughter and they're like in cahoots finding people to bring to this place. And, um, you know, there's even like when Elizabeth is chasing, uh, Veronica, she's like, Oh, I didn't want to, I didn't want to take you, but he really wanted to have you. So yeah, I, she I, mentioned I, that, uh, Veronica was her dad's favorite. Yeah. Which makes sense if, you know, throughout the film, like, you know, he even says to her, Oh, I'll never let them take you. And he's always like sleeping with her and like kind of, you know, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's terrible, right? It's just, it is. it's so terrible. Um, yeah. So that, that was the film. Very interesting film. Um, so I guess one of the things, so we ta- talked about this a little bit before, but did, like, how did you find this film scary or would you say it was more like creepy? What, what was the the fear factor? I guess you would put on this. Um, film? My personal fear factor is probably at a one or two. Yeah. I mean, I'm a pretty seasoned horror movie person. So to me, this is more of a thriller. <laughs> Yeah. Um, for some people, I would say the bru- the brutality would be more horrifying, which well, is horrifying to me too. I'm just saying it's more of a scary thing um, for some people. But I really I don't think it should be classified as strictly horror because it's not really. Yeah, for sure. It's it's definitely like you said. It's more of a thriller. Um, but I guess it depends on the person, right? Yeah, like maybe, true. You know, for some people, this could be pretty horrific. Just yeah. the scenes of the brutality alone, maybe. Uh, yeah, so so I guess what were your overall thoughts about the film? I liked it. I liked how it kind of... I never knew what to expect. And I liked that it just kept twisting and turning. And I just wanted to know what was going to happen. I wanted to know, you know, if Veronica was going to be okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I gave it pretty much a three and a half out of five stars. Just because I liked the surprise aspect. I liked... The story, um, Janelle Monet was phenomenal 
in this. Um, but I do see where a lot of people would hate it or, you know, not agree with it. So I can't say that my opinion is like, oh my gosh, it's the gold standard because it's hmm. not. Yeah, I, I think, you know, and the interesting thing too is like it, in the advertising they talk about and they kind of compare it to like Get Out and Us. Um, it's actually from the same producers too. So that kind of, it makes you think it's going to be like that, which to me, it's kind of similar to Get Out in a way, but yeah, it, it really kind of is. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> uh, I, I definitely think that the the quality of those films is a little bit higher than this one. They were, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's not. Yeah, I I definitely was a little bit more jaded. I think when I saw it the first time, I got a chance to see it again. I yeah, the film. I just I think that for me, the fact that you know, the kind of the twist of the film. Cause like, you know, that's the thing that I think was really interesting about this film is like, we get this premise where we see these people and they're in this sort of brutal slavery period. And like you said, what what's interesting is like, how do they resolve that? What's the, what's the, what's the answer to the mystery? And I, yeah, I almost feel like this is like a thriller mystery film really, mm-hmm. because that's what you care about. It's like, okay, what's going on? Right. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're just you're not worried about it being scared after you start the movie. You're just like, what's going on? I need to figure it out. Yeah, because your mind starts turning, and especially like when you when you see Julia, and that's like pretty much one of the first real pieces of story we get in in the film, mm-hmm. besides the setup. At that point, you're just like, okay, she sounds like an American. She doesn't sound like some Southerner from 1860. She sounds like a present day American. So what what is going on, right? Uh, so yeah, I just. I don't know. It's kind of hard to think of like different ways that you could resolve this premise that are more satisfying. Cause like you, you like the way that this resolved, right? Yes, I did. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess it was just, you know, sometimes there are films that work for some people and don't work for other people. I feel like, you know, this kind yeah, of this one, especially yeah. with the topics it brings up. I mean, obviously the brutality, the racism, it's not going to sit yeah. well with some people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so a lot of people are, they, they're on the premise alone. They're not, sold on the film. I think uh, other yeah. people are probably disappointed because it is marketed as a straight up horror film from the trailers and the posters. And then it's not, I think that's another reason why people are a little disappointed. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. Cause I could almost see like ever seen, what was that film overlord? Yes. I did see that. Yeah. Cause overlord is like, like imagine if this film was like took an overlord turn, right. Or something. <laughs> Like where it's, it, it, it play like it or, and then there's some like weird technological aspect to like how we got to that point where like, you know, maybe the freaking Confederate people start mutating or something, or they have some different <laughs> technology or, you know, like that's like, that's like a, that's like, that would be a horror version of something like this story. Right. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah, this is definitely more of like a mystery thriller than like a horror horror film. And yeah, if you went in expecting, even something like us, which was a little bit more, even get out wasn't super gory or horror-y, but there were definitely some scares. Uh, mm-hmm. But I feel like us was a little bit more close to like what, you know, I don't know. Like some, sometimes like horror fans, they have this insatiable, right? Appetite for just like death and destruction and gore. <laughs> I tend to lean toward that direction with horror films uh, rather than say the paranormal. But yeah, there are a lot of people that are like, I need everything in a horror movie. Yeah, it's like I need more deaths. More give me more deaths that are that are crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So yeah, I I, I think I would give this I, I I films pretty 
for me, it's around like a five or a five and a half mm-hmm. out of 10. It's not terrible. I think it's got some very good cinema cinematic elements. I think you're definitely, so when you watch this film, like if you went in knowing nothing about this film, your brain would start turning immediately about like, what is the answer to this mystery? And I think that's the strongest part of this film. And like you said, you always wanted to know what was going to come next. Yeah. Um, and it, it definitely kind of leaves you, it blindsides you a couple of times, but they do a good job of like kind of giving you clues and also giving you these kind of red herrings, like the stuff where she woke up and it was a bad dream. And like you said, she was holding her back. <laughs> um, and you're just like, it, you know, it just, it just pops all these theories into your head. Um, and it does a really good job of that. Um, so yeah, I think this is like, it's like a little bit above average, but um, an interesting film nonetheless. Oh, definitely. And it's a very divisive film. I mean, you're going to yeah. love it or you're going to hate it, but. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, that's the way some films are, you know, uh, like I said, the devil all the time. Uh, you liked oh, yeah. it. I liked it. Uh, <laughs> I've, I've heard of, a lot of that's people don't like watch, it. That's a watch, though. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is a tough one. I mean, that, that, that's, that's a film that's like. You know, it's got more. It's got more death than this film. Oh yeah, it's like <laughs> there's nothing happy in that movie at all. No, there really isn't. Yeah, it's well. I think I think that the ending resolves in a way where, at least for me, I feel that there's justice served. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, sometimes you get justice, but there isn't. Just things don't happen to the people who've been wronged. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So, do you have any uh, final thoughts about this film or anything else? I think it's worth watching. I don't know if I'd recommend paying $20 to everyone. If you're on the fence about it, maybe wait for a price drop. Or when it comes to Redbox or Blu-ray, maybe get it then. Um, But if you're really wanting to see it, if you're open to it, and if you're interested just in what the film is portraying, or seems to be portraying from the trailers and all that, give it a watch. I think it's worth at least a one-time watch just to see where you fall on the spectrum if you like it or if you don't. Um, but obviously, be prepared for tough topics. Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're into the films like you know, because this is almost sort of becoming its own sort of genre, like this the, this types of horror, like in the the Get Outs and the and you know, we we're supposed to get uh, Candyman this year too, but we didn't get that film. And these all kind of feel like they're in the same vein. If you're into that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was that was disappointing. <laughs> but, like twenty twenty one. Yeah, Listen, we we just don't get any nice things in twenty twenty in don't. film, especially don't. like <laughs> just not our year, which sucks. Sucks. Which, funnily enough, some of the best films I've watched this year have been indie films. I think they've really gotten a chance to shine this year, where otherwise they'd be overlooked by the big box office blockbusters. Um, but Movies we're excited about have either been delayed. We don't know when they're going to come out. Some are potentially going to be delayed again, like Black Widow and Wonder Woman. Well, it are, Wonder Woman got delayed till Christmas. So, I mean, it's disappointing, yeah, for some. And Antebellum was supposed to come out in theaters, and they decided to release it on VOD instead. Yeah, and, you know, there's so I. It's just good that you bring that up because there's so many films. I remember there was a film called St. Maud. I don't know if you've heard of that, that film. That was so good. Yeah, you seen it? Wait, Saint, I don't know. no, I thought Saint Francis. Oh, <laughs> there's, there's two Saint movies this year. Forgive me, okay. people. Forgive me. Okay, no, it's all good. No, uh, maybe I, I should check it out. I did read an article about Saint Maud, mm-hmm. and I wanted to watch it, but I was thinking about Saint Francis. There's yeah. a movie called Saint Francis that's really good. Okay, 
Was it was that like a horror film too? Or? No, it's not a horror film. Okay, it's just like a drama. Yeah. Uh. Well, drama comedy. Oh. Okay. Okay. Maybe I'll have to check that out. Uh. I. 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 There was another. It was like the the Green Knight or something like that. Was it a twenty four film? It's kind of very interesting horrorish something uh kind of film. It had uh I forget, but it had it, it looked interesting. There, there's been a lot of interesting films in the genre that just kind of disappeared. Like we don't even know when or if we're gonna see them at all. Yeah, it's just this year has taken so much from us. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but we got to see Antebellum, so you know, that's something. Yeah, that's something, something we, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, th I think that uh, that just about wraps it up. Uh, I think we both, so you you liked the film, mm -hmm. thought it was pretty solid. I thought it was kind of in the middle. I definitely think if you're into these types of films, check it out. Um, but yeah, go in expecting more of a mystery thriller than like, you know, Freddy Krueger yeah. style <laughs> horror. <laughs> yeah, if you're, if you're into like Freddy Krueger or like Leatherface, like, you're or not gonna get that. Something like The Exorcist or something. Yeah. No. Yeah, not The Exorcist, not any of that. Yeah. But a solid film nonetheless. So yeah. All right, cool. So that was our review for Antebellum. Uh thank you so much for uh coming in and watching. And uh have a good night, everyone. Take care.